Greetings, Seamheads, far and wide. A special edition of the Blake Street Irregulars podcast. Anilo Piro just happened to be stopping by the Mile High Sports offices, and I had to pull him into the studio. I am Casey Light. We had to pull him in because just 15 minutes ago, we found out Charlie Blackman is going to be a Colorado Rocky for at least four more years up to six. He has signed a six-year extension with the Rockies worth up to $116 million. Huge, huge piece of the puzzle for the Rockies. Future just got put into place. Anilo, your instant reaction. Yeah, you know, this is a big deal for the Rockies and Charlie Blackman. You know, I saw a tweet earlier kind of detailing how Blackman, you know, when he was in his younger 20s, was kind of expected to hit his, you know, 30s in terms of his peak performance at a, at a younger age than some of the older guys because of all the injuries he had gone through. Um, this is a guy that's 32 years old does not now have to test free agency he gets his money and he gets paid what he deserves for um you know what he's been able to do for the rockies here in recent time i think it's a great deal all around for both sides one that i think is a very it's going to be very mutually beneficial i think blackman deserves it and i think the rockies are really going to benefit from this deal as yeah well. charlie obviously had a huge year last year uh winning that National League batting title and his second consecutive Silver Slugger Award, fifth place finisher in the NL MVP voting. Uh, hit 331 last year, setting personal bests in games with 159. Hits 213, runs 137, triples 14, home runs 37. Total. I can keep going yeah. if you would like me to, but the big one was those 103 RBIs and 383 total bases out of the leadoff spot. Both set major league records. Uh, just a huge year from Charlie Blackman and rewarded with a huge contract. The details of that contract and uh, credit goes to Craig Calcaterra of NBC Sports who reported this. Uh, but the breakdown is this. His 2018 deal stays pretty much as it was uh, signed this offseason, which is worth $14 million. Charlie, we know, signed that one-year deal in, tw- uh, in the 2018 offseason to stick around, get rid of arbitration, and at least put himself in a position to negotiate this long-term contract or head into free agency the money really starts to ramp up in 2019 2019 20 and 21 he will make 21 million dollars from the colorado rockies those are the four fixed years that he is set to be with the colorado rockies through 2021 in 2022 it becomes a 21 million dollar player option so same uh rate for charlie in that uh 2022 season but it's his option at 20 one million dollars a year and then in 2023 the sixth year of the deal it's a 10 million dollar player option but there are some incentives in there that could bump that number all the way up to eight million dollars giving us that sum total of a possible 116 million dollars Anilo, uh is that market value is charlie blackman getting paid what he's worth or are the rockies maybe overspending a little bit on a guy who is already 31 years old um, i do think it's a fair contract and, and it would have honestly been very interesting to see what his value was on the open market because we all know the age of 30 especially, you know, this previous offseason has been an awful thing here recently for players. I mean, you're not going to get paid what you deserve, but I think that scenario may have flipped a little bit with Chuck just because he is a leadoff hitter uh, and a power hitter at that that can do a lot of different things for you in your lineup. So I think $18 million is fair market value for the Rockies. I, I honestly wouldn't have been shocked if some team that was one piece away came at him with, you know, just an over-the-top deal to pay him 20 plus a year uh, on average, which, which Charlie's going to get throughout the first four. But I I do think it's a fair deal all, all three and three. Some insight on that and as far as who the other suitors might have been from Calcaterra. Uh, an interesting tweet that he followed up his report with saying, Blackman would have been 32 heading into free agency with massive home road splits. Uh, and a sure thing qualifying offer. The fact that he got nine figures with no other bidders is a really good job uh, by his 
agency yeah. uh, in getting that deal done because yeah it is interesting you know I don't I'm not going to sit here and say that Charlie Blackman is a product of Coors Field I think that's completely unfair mm-hmm. um, you know yes he's got some some differences in numbers but a lot of players do anybody who plays in as many games as they do at Coors Field have that um, this pretty much locks up Charlie as a Rocky for life does yeah. it not absolutely and I, I think you know it's it's a smart play and I, I don't want to say we could have seen this one coming but I think we could have I was telling Doug Ottawell just a minute ago editor-in-chief of the Mile High Sports magazine here um Chuck is the prototypical Colorado kid. He's got the beard. He likes the outdoors. <laughs> he doesn't like the spotlight. He likes to be low-key, um, kind of one with himself and whatnot, which is why I think he lines up so perfectly for Colorado. And I believe it was Bob Nightingale, a tweet that he put out um, when I was driving in here. Um, it, it, this offseason, Blackman said he was open to you know negotiating an extension as opposed to testing the free agent waters, which I think you know really is a testament to how comfortable he is here in his career with the Rockies and, and now moving forward. So like we said, um, he's going to be 30. He would have been 32 entering this summer or entering next offseason, excuse me. Uh, I think he is still, he's just such a creature of habit that the age 32 does not really scare me with Charlie Blackman. Yeah, it's not like Carlos Gonzalez, but also Charlie Blackman doesn't have the major league years exactly. on his, uh, you know, the, the, he's a young the, the wear on the tires, so to speak. Um, yeah, he's a young 32 and, and f- just an absolute physical specimen. I'm working on a piece for Mile High Sports Magazine in the upcoming issue. Uh, we ran some numbers yesterday. This is going to blow your mind. Charlie Blackman last season, just getting to to his position. We're not talking about any at-bats. We're not talking about chasing down fly balls, backing up runners, uh, cutting off a ball in the gap. Just getting to and from his position, Charlie Blackman ran 142 miles wow, last year. That's wild. Put that into perspective. That's the only thing that concerns me a little bit is you're giving a center fielder money like that, that deep into his 30s. Uh, we will see how this plays long term. You're already starting to see the comments on social media of, hey, this is great news for the Rockies in the short term. How is it going to you know, potentially impact them in the long term, especially because those are player options. Look, Charlie Blackman's not going to turn down money. No. If he's got $21 million sitting on the table, I'd, I'd be taking it all day long. Although, Charlie is such a crazy guy. I mean, we know this about Charlie. He might be the type to just say, no, I've made my money and, and continue to drive his Jeep up to the mountains and go fishing. And yes, it will probably be the same Jeep. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's exactly the kind of guy that Charlie Blackman is. But I think, you know, the number one thing is we've talked about it multiple times throughout podcasts is he is a creature of habit. He likes consistency in his red, in his routine and whatnot. He gets now that consistency now uh, for, for, you know, years to come with the Colorado Rockies. He's really settled into a nice groove. And you kind of mentioned it earlier. You don't want to say that he's a byproduct of Coors Field, but I think he has learned to use Coors Coors Field, excuse me, to his advantage to the fullest extent that why leave when you're putting up numbers like that? Yeah, agreed. I I think that's a a very glass half full way to look at that perspective. Well, uh, the one person that this whole situation uh, doesn't look great for is me. uh, (laughs) And that is because in the April issue of Mile High Sports Magazine, which hit newsstands just last Friday, I talk about the fact that this could be the last year that the Rockies' big group of all-stars, the, the, the four all-stars, uh, the, the, the main four, as I, as I call them, the core four, uh, are all together on a roster. Well, we know that Charlie and Nolan Arenado are definitively going to be here next year because the Rockies have Nolan under team control for one more year, uh, but that still leaves DJ LeMahieu, who's an impending free agent for 2019, and Carlos Gonzalez, who just signed that very strange one-year <laughs> deal this year, uh, as possible free agents coming up in 2019 they could be departing um so I, i'm only at 75 percent wrong or 75 percent <laughs> right of 25 percent wrong um in that piece but i basically what i outlined in that story that that just hit newsstands is that you know with charlie blackman's impending free agency with dj's impending free agency they're not going to be able to pay everyone uh the, the dollars 
are, are finite in Colorado. Yes, the Rockies have proven that they're willing to spend money, but with a TV deal that's only worth, on average, $20 million a year, that literally is only going to pay Charlie Blackman's contract at this point, yeah. or Ian Desmond's contract at this point. Oh if, if we look at some of these numbers, uh, next year, the Rockies have, under contract now with this Charlie Blackman deal, they have seven position players, not including Gerardo Parra, not including Gerardo Parra, that are going to be making $90 million. That's not including Gerardo Parra, who has, a, who has a team option next year. That's not including DJ LeMahieu. That is not including Nolan Arenado, who is going to be up for arbitration or a short or a long-term deal. $90 million, and they have yet to even field an entire team. Now, I know that's not completely out of the ordinary in baseball, but... With these large, large contracts, is there going to be room left for Nolan, who's going to command north of 30, you would think? It's a big question, you know, and I know the the, the conversation in regards to the three in LeMahieu, Arenado, and Blackman before uh, Blackman signed this contract was... Well, they can sign Arenado or they can sign the other two. I don't think there was really a, a, a realistic situation where we saw them bringing back Charlie and Nolan or Charlie or, um, or and DJ and Nolan on long-term contracts. But, I mean, to me, I, I think the Rockies very well know that you know Nolan Arenado is the crown gem. I mean, he is the number one. He's yeah. by far the best player of that bunch. I don't think they would give Charlie this extension without still thinking that they could re-sign Nolan Arenado to a long-term deal. Because, uh, I mean— it, it, I mean, I get where they were because they were kind of caught between a rock and a hard place with DJ and Charlie both being up after this season. But to me, the fact that they were willing to take care of business, improve their team in the short term and the long term, and also prove to Arenado that they're willing to keep the right players around, you know, for maybe when his extension is up, uh, I, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how this plays out. But it all comes down to Arenado, man. Yeah, I want to see just, the, the thing that's going to be interesting to me, and I think the thing that, that everyone surrounding the Rockies is going to be pursuing now after this, uh, you know, whether it be reporters here at Mile High Sports, whether that be uh, the fine folks at MLB, the fine folks at the Denver Post, and, and all the other great outlets that are cover the, covering that team day in and day out, is where's the money coming from? Yeah. Because we know with the Los Angeles Dodgers, that $200 million TV contract, they can write checks... <laughs> all day long yeah. and still look their gate receipts are just going straight into their pocket let alone everything else yeah. that they that they make you know their their payroll is literally covered just by their TV contract whereas the Rockies have a TV contract that pays one marquee guy mm -hmm. really i mean that's it i mean when you think about the, the Rockies TV deal which is through 2020 it's only on average twenty million dollars a year. That is Charlie Blackman's contract next year. So the the question is, where is that money going to be coming from? And I think that's what everybody wants to know. Because yeah, the Rockies put a lot of butts in the seats, and yeah, they sell a ton of beers up there on the rooftop, and yeah, they've they've we've seen how well they've been able to grow and expand their footprint. And corporate partnerships are up, and and all of those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, they're still a mid market club. They're in the top 12, top 11, depending on who's counting it right now in spending. But you're talking about jumping that up into top maybe five, six, seven, eight range if they're going to pay both Nolan and DJ their market value next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And I don't want to say, you know, make it sound like DJ LeMahieu is not deserving of, a, deserving of a contract, but he might be forced to get the short end of this stick just because, like you said, where is this money coming from? If the Rockies are going to sign Nolan Arenado, you know, now on top of this Charlie Blackman deal, they're going to have to go all in and some in terms of their finances, more so than they ever have before. So their hands are somewhat tied, but, you know, Aaron Arenado is obviously going to be the big domino. See how that plays out uh, um, with him. But listen, if they're signing guys and they're doing the right thing, who really cares where the money's coming from, I guess you could say, as long <laughs> as they're willing to put forth where it needs to be. Right. You don't want to see how the sausage is made. Is that the, yeah, is that very, very no, true? I, I just think I think, you know, for a for a 
club that historically has been perceived as thrifty. Yeah. I won't use the C word because I don't <laughs> think that that's fair. And, and look, there, there are financial realities to playing in the number 17 mm-hmm. TV market in Major League Baseball. There's only 30 MLB teams. When you're in the bottom half of the TV markets, there, there are certain realities. And because TV money is so, so important, I, I'm... I'm curious and I can't wait to see and can't wait to start asking some of these questions about what is going to what what's going to help make this possible. Is it the the stadium redevelopment that's planned for just west of the stadium? Is that cash influx something that the Rockies are going to be able to use because they own that land and they're going to build on that? And there's so many ways that the Rockies can potentially be generating revenue that maybe the general fan and even those of us that are in the clubhouse and and more worried about the balls and strikes and the, you know, home runs and and doubles and singles are are worried about than than is what's happening at the top, top levels with owner Dick Momfort. So that stuff is going to continue to flesh itself out, but it's so, so important, especially after the amount of money that the Rockies spent this offseason on that bullpen for Wade Davis, for Brian Shaw, for Jake McGee. Hundred plus million dollars in commitments just to those three guys. Yep. Now you talk tack on potentially a hundred million dollars more for Charlie. You're you're writing big big checks. That man. My message to you, Colorado Rockies fans, is if you want to see them continue this, get your butt out to Coors Field and buy those tickets and help make that cash register ring because the more money that you spend on this team, the more money they have to spend on putting a great product on the field for you. Yeah, you know, and outside of, you know, recapturing the fan, the fans' trust, I think making the postseason in 2018 is going to be so important for a couple of reasons, but from the financial aspect, it, it seems like the Rockies did increase their revenue, you know, a lot after last season making it back to the playoffs for the first time in nearly a decade. If they can now duplicate that once again, now entering 2018, those numbers should continue to rise, which would, uh, you know, hopefully allow the Momforts to, you know, have some flexibility financially, but if the Rockies tank this season, not tank, but if they if they fall apart, don't make the playoffs, and you know it's kind of back to square one, where does that put them? Where does that put Arenado's mindset? It, so that's why this year is just so important for them to live up to the hype. Agreed. Well, you can check, catch up on all of that information uh, on MileHighSports.com. We'll be continuing to update that, uh, as well as what I think is really the big key to this, uh, and that is that starting rotation. Yeah. I have a column up on MileHighSports.com. Uh, the Rockies are betting big on green. That is the big story on that. Yes, at the roulette wheel, you bet black or red, but the Rockies are putting all of their chips on a very green starting rotation. Mm -hmm. This Charlie Blackman move, I think, amplifies that even more. Yes, they have really talented young starting pitchers, but as we have seen in the early part of this season, uh, it doesn't do you any good to have a really high-priced bullpen if you can't get them the ball with the lead. So, all of that is going to be there at MileHighSports.com. Man, big, big news on this Wednesday. Uh, very excited for Charlie Blackman and for the Colorado Rockies because it, it is a positive, but boy, it opens up a lot of questions that we'll be following very oh, closely man. here on the Blake Street Regulars podcast as well as on MileHighSports.com. want to give a big thank you to our friends at Tap14, the presenting sponsors of the Blake Street Regulars podcast with their 70 Colorado beers on tap and over 100 Colorado distilled spirits. I promise you, you will find something you like at Tap14. With those $108 million, $116 with incentives, Charlie Blackman can buy a round for all of us. Absolutely. Uh, We'll we'll hit him up on that uh, when the Rockies return, which is very, very soon. The home opener scheduled for Friday, although oh the gosh, weather man. forecast is a little snowy. Uh, it's <laughs> supposed to be about 40 degrees at first pitch and 30 degrees by the time the game ends with intermittent rain and snow. Uh, I hope this is not a rain out or a snow out as we saw happen in New York uh, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But... Uh, 
for those of you going out to the ballpark, make sure that you are bundled up. And uh, if for any reason the game does not go on as scheduled, we hope you will join us over at Tap 14 because the party will be rocking there without a doubt. Follow Anilo Piro at A Piro Sports on Twitter. I am Casey Light. You can find me at Light on His Feet. We will be back maybe tomorrow. We have a scheduled podcast for tomorrow uh, to wrap up the San Diego series. Uh, I think that's the plan. But, man, with this news, uh, there's so many questions to answer at this point. Absolutely, man. Uh, Rockies take on the Padres for two more. John Gray is on the bump tonight. Tyler Anderson is tomorrow. And then you can expect, if they play, Armand Marquez to get the ball in the Rockies' home opener on Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun to end this week. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you very, very soon here on the Blake Street Irregulars podcast presented by Tap 14.